smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Tuesday, December 1st. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter and Malcolm Nance. <laughs> Returning champion. Returning champion. This is our third time having Malcolm back. Um, today, who knows? Maybe things will be less apocalyptic. Who knows? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> I said maybe things will be less apocalyptic talk. Well, every time we talk, yeah, when we had you on the falling. past, it was sort of like, will this country survive the next <laughs> year kind of conversations. So, you know, I don't know uh, long term, but at least I have to assume it looks slightly better now. Well, wait, let me tell oh. people who Malcolm is because some of our yes. British our British friends may not know. The Americans do. Uh, Malcolm Nance is a former intelligence author. Author. <laughs> well, you are a former intelligence author and officer. Uh, New York Times bestselling author, MSNBC contributor. His most recent book is The Plot to Betray America, which is now out in paperback. Um, and are you working on anything new you want to tell folks about before we delve into the substance? Actually, I'm, I'm two deep. I'm two books deep. Um, uh, <laughs> one. <laughs> the man's you, always writing a book. <laughs> uh, well, you know, in fact, I did not ever want to write another book about Trump. I really didn't. I had three books of the plot series, plot to hack America, plot to destroy democracy, and now plot to betray America. And I, and people were like, oh, you got to do another one. I'm like, no, never again. And then as we were coming into the run-up to the election, I was just seeing so many terrible things that were happening with the way that Trump supporters were starting to talk. And they were using what we call eliminationist rhetoric. And yep, so I just not heard it doing... from, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm not doing another plot to book, uh, but it's a book about right-wing extremism and what I call the coming uh, Titus, T-I-T-U-S, which is the Trump insurgency in the United States, that Donald Trump and his right. followers are gonna be pretty much like Saddam Hussein in Iraq in 2003. They're all going to go underground and they'll do a very low grade political military insurgency. And now a word from our sponsors. This is the Black Friday special for the holiday season. Just for our listeners, the Clean Phone, the top brand in UV sanitizing, is now offering their top-rated, top-selling, best-reviewed wand product at 50% off and free two-day shipping. The Clean Phone wand is a handheld UV sanitizer that helps you eliminate 99.9% .9 of bacteria and kill viruses in seconds on virtually any surface. It uses the same proven sanitizing technology employed by hospitals. Use it on packages, groceries, keyboards, tablets, money. Take it with you everywhere at 50% off and free two-day shipping for a limited time. It's the perfect gift for anyone who needs it. It's super portable, and with the days of battery life, you can take it anywhere and make sure your environment is clean and safe. COVID cases are on the rise. Go to thenewdealshop.com. That's thenewdealshop.com. This is an early Black Friday special, so don't miss it. Go to thenewdealshop.com right now. And now back to our show. Yeah, I mean, look, we just heard, um, this may have been yesterday, Joe DeGeneva, one of those lunatic Fox... Yeah you know, lawyers um, who who is on Trump's side, uh, what do you say? We should execute Chris Krebs, the former yeah. head of election security and, and Homeland Security. Literally use that phrase. I yeah, he said drawn and quartered and that he should be taken out at dawn and shot. What do we do with with people like that? Well, what you're watching is, is, is something which I saw when, uh, you know, the Hutus were about to massacre the Tutsis in Rwanda. Uh, back yes. in the late 1980s. 
but you know, as an intelligence guy, and, and at that time I was actually uh, supporting sub-Saharan African operations and the, the US embassy uh, down there. And we were seeing what we call eliminationist rhetoric. This is right. words and behaviors which are indicating how they're viewing their opposition. And, and, and at that time we were, you know, they had their, their national radio program, channel, Radio Milkarin, right. which was, was saying, you know, your neighbors don't deserve to live. They're not humans. They're, subs you know, they're, they're animals, they're monkeys, they're cockroaches. They cockroaches must was the one I remember. Right. Right. Cockroaches I mean, that's was the, the thing. big one. So that's the thing. I want to say this quickly. I'll let you jump in, John, and obviously get back to you, Malcolm. But I often use that example on this show. I was this is one say, of the things Cliff I talk about a lot. Yeah. I do yeah. with Fox because when people say, oh, the answer to free speech is more free speech. And my answer is not when it comes to this stuff is that when you get people, you know, Hutus and Tutsis, the Tutsis had been favored by the French when they were there. There was ancient enmity between them. I'm not an a, a intelligence guy like you, but I am an international mm -hmm. affairs background and a history right. guy. And, and what you have suddenly is these folks are neighbors with each other, but these talk, the talk radio programming starts saying they're cockroaches. How many cockroaches did you kill today for your country? And the precipitating right. event are these conspiracies around a plane crash and a head of state of the, who was who right. to being. So that's my question for you is, you know, we've always had these institutions that were supposed to prevent that radicalization. We're not preventing it anymore. How do we stop from becoming that? Well, and well, let me let me ask as well, Malcolm. Sure. Do we need some playing around with the? As you guys talk, I get to play around with who's highlighted, so it takes me a second to figure. It's like I'm my own producer here. At the same time, <laughs> do we even need to worry about such things? Is America unique? Do we not have the threat of the kind of violence we had in Rwanda in America? So I wanted to put that as a as a precursor to Cliff's question. And if well, so, you know, what the hell do we do about it? Before I answer the obvious answer that no, America is not like Rwanda and we aren't going to go out and start massacring our neighbors, I often think back to a period that culminated somewhere around 1860, where in fact, yeah, we did familiar. that very thing. We, we, we not only took up arms against each other, all of the American institutions severed and split, I mean, right down to, you know, the commandant of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point was a Colonel Robert E. Lee at the oh, time. And, and he left, abandoned his post, took all the Southern soldiers with him and formed an army to commit treason against the Constitution of the United States. So, you know, I can't say that would there ever be a circumstance where this nation would, would fracture but let me tell you something. I, 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 I know that for a very long time, oh, somewhere around five years, uh, you know, the, the media hoi polloi, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the uh, journalists who were Glenn Greenwald followers and, you know, these, there's, there's this whole class yeah. of, of, of what I call bro journalists, right? Journalist bros, whatever you want to call them, um, who, who became over time, they were like, you know, they were like the Snowden lover, Assange lover, and the entire Trump-Russia scandal where, you know, where Russia actually hacked not just the Democratic Party, but the mindset of the American public using, you know, information warfare as the vehicle to, to create a disinformation bubble around America that sucked in 40% of the nation, 60, you know, and then it magnified yeah 
the insanity from their preferred candidate. And for a very long time, I had these guys really soundly criticize me for writing these books, saying, you know, what we all see now, or what we were seeing with our very eyes at the time, saying things like, oh, well, that couldn't possibly have happened, and you're a conspiracy theorist. For a very long time, we had people calling us, you know, conspiracy theorists. And even though I was the first person in U.S. media to call the Russian operation an attack on the United States in real time, and then two days later, Donald Trump called on Russia to <laughs> to hack and release Hillary's emails as if to prove it, we still have these people I call, um, you know, uh, Trump Russia deniers, you know? Yes. Uh, they, they Trump Russia truthers. People who still, mainstream journalists, don't believe that it really happened or it didn't happen the way that people see it. And the reason I mention this is I got into a pretty, ver you know, an interesting email battle with Matt Taibbi. Hmm of Rolling Stones, who I didn't know had been in Russia in the wild 90s and was out there, you know, clubbing and, and hoeing and doing whatever, uh, according to his own writing. Yeah, according to his uh, own book, uh, try forcing women into compromising positions. But Well, you know, ahead. I don't know about that. All I knew at the time was this was Matt Taibbi of Rolling Stone. I had respected his work. And one day he wrote to me and he said, well, where do you get all this stuff? Right? How do you come off with all this? Where do you get this, this theory that Russia had a strategy to attack the United States? And this is very important. Um, and I said, it's interesting. Um, I said, is this an interview? You know, you could contact me. We could do an interview. But he was really hot. I mean, he was really like yeah. super angry. Taking it personally. But yeah, he he that's the way that's personal. all those bros. That's the way they're yeah. always angry. I know. <laughs> it's like their thing. Bros. Right. And so um, he was just, you know, because one, I, I'm famous for going on air all the time and saying, I'm not a journalist. OK, yeah, I have four New York Times bestsellers in a row, but I'm not a journalist. Just saying. I mean, <laughs> I'm an intelligence officer yeah. who is doing analyses and giving right. you these warnings right. way in advance of right. the news media. You read the tea leaves. Yeah, well, because well, this is what you're trained in. You know how to look for certain signals and certain signs. And you're good at it. So, and I, but I'm looking for things that, that journalists would not be looking for. Right, correct. Right? Right. You guys are looking to have an interview with a guy that will tell you that there's a right. pinpoint of light out there. So, what so, happened? Yeah, what happened with the discussion? So, what happened with him is he goes, Well, you're saying that the Russians have a strategy to, to influence the American minds and said that they could take over, um, you know, the America, uh, take over a population without firing a shot. Interestingly enough, I had yeah. said that on on MSNBC with Brian Williams, right. Fox News, Tucker Carlson, the next night ridiculed it as if they had never heard of the Trump-Russia scandal. Yeah. And then and as, if Russia, as if Russia has no interest whatsoever in influencing American public opinion. Yeah, or, yeah. Every, or way, Western Europe, or they don't do yeah, any that, of this that's stuff. Insane. I mean, and this is 2019, by the way. This is yeah. 2017 or 2018. Yeah. This is 2019. It was well established. Right. And so I said, well, you know, the Russians said it. They've done studies of this. They have a doctrine <laughs> called the Gerasimov Doctrine, which is the named after the chief of staff of the Russian Armed Forces, who actually had a strategy where they said they would use information, the power of the Internet, to influence uh, target 
audiences and populations in such a way that they could remove a nation's sovereignty without firing a shot. Right. Yep. And so Matt Taibbi goes, where did you get that? Who told you that? Where did you get this? And I go, and I realized, oh, this is a hostile yeah. interview. Where I did said, you hey, get man, that? Well, go spend $28.95 and you can go buy my book, Plot to Destroy Democracy, where the Russians pretty much say it outright. And he goes, no, 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 I need your source. You coming out and writing this? And I go, well, there were studies. And he goes, well, this is like saying the Rand Corporation writes a study and suddenly it's policy. I go, we're under attack. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, this is, let me say this for quickly, Malcolm, because this is what's so frustrating, right? There was a point in time, um, and I admit this to, I'm embarrassed by it now, but you know, I wrote a book on John McCain, a bestseller yeah. too, by the way, not, not for like you, I'll be clear. <laughs> you, you still got me. Um, but back in 2008, and I was going to do a book event at that point in time um, that was planned with, with Paul Waldman, who's over at, at uh, the Rights for the Washington Post for Plumline, right. Ariana Huffington, everybody's heard of her, um, and a guy named Glenn Greenwald, the guy on the left oh. at the time oh. who, who, seemed, who seemed like a legitimate person on the left. And since that time, he's delved into such, I mean, the, it's not, conspiracy doesn't even do it justice. Like the gaslighting of the point where he will look in the face, he will put again and again and again and act like you're the one, you being anybody else is crazy on Twitter to believe there was quote unquote collusion, you know, as in like, like the, the, the most base sort of definition of the word collusion, Donald Trump Jr. sitting in Trump Tower, taking a meeting with a Russian spy doesn't fulfill right. that, right? Whatever no, no, no. success... Whatever they successfully pulled off, they certainly were tr were working together on some level. And he and Taibbi and all these guys. So let me ask you this, and I'll let you go yeah, from here. Right. Cool. Yeah. This yeah. is the Russian model. If you look at, as we know, we look at what they've done in France, what they've done in the UK. They re they get these far what figures who were once on the far left right. as well as the far right to come right. together and support their conspiracies. Is that <laughs> what we're seeing here? Yes, and the Germans have a name for it, right? If, if you yes. read it, the, the, the first real politician from the West who they did this with, the Russians did this, which is essentially bought their loyalty with money, right? With oligarch money, um, yeah. was Gerhard Schroeder, um, the former German um, uh, um, chancellor of right. Germany. And he, the Germans actually called this buying Western politicians to become spokesmen for the Russian presidency and oligarchy, they call it Schroederization, right? <laughs> Schroederization. Oh where, my God. Where you, it's gonna be called Trumpization here very it soon. It should. But Schroeder was not the first one. He, he was just the highest level one. Wasn't Willie here Brandt are some of the other ones. Up there? Galloway, yeah, right? He was, he was chancellor. Yeah, Willie Brandt, the they had him too. Germany. Yeah. And in the 1980s, right? He was head, you know, uh, he was head of a NATO country. And then, you know, Russian money essentially bought him to where he became this lover of Germany, of, of Russia, Russia yeah. and, you know, wanting to get money off gas pipelines. Mm. Then they started going after popular figures. Two of my favorites, hmm. Steven Seagal oh, right. and Gerard Depardieu, right? Oh, they got was, him too? I didn't even know about him. I knew about Seagal. I knew Seagal, but oh my God. <laughs> Depardieu and Seagal are Russian citizens. Oh God! David Duke too, right? <laughs> they got they bought him to move over there for a while too. No. Well, David Duke has an apartment there, but they got all of the three of the separatist movements in the United States: wow. the Northwest Territory separatists, 
uh, the Texas separatists and this crazy guy who's like a Southern secessionist. And all of these things are communists. This is how the Soviet Union used to use, used to take, you know, lackeys and, and hirelings yep. and bring them over and make them go on television. But Glenn It's Greenwald, almost like Putin served in the Soviet Union in some capacity or something, right? I actually uh, hear I, people, I hear people tell me this all the time. I actually heard a person say, um, Vladimir Putin is not a communist. Okay, I am a U.S. intelligence officer. I came into the military in 1980, right? In the, 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 the mid-Cold War or the last decade of the Cold War. And it was hot. That Cold War was very hot. Everything we were trained in was, was identifying KGB operations. I was a Middle East guy. KGB was everywhere. Right. Get off a boat in Naples, KGB. Go to Cyprus, right. KGB. Work it, you know, do a port visit in Egypt, KGB working with Egyptian intelligence. Syria, you know, they were a global threat. But now we have all these people here who are like, who are saying, well, you know, since 1990, they weren't communists. Vladimir Putin at age 13, according to his own biography, went to a KGB open house and asked them, how do I join KGB? And Is they that said, like pledging a frat or no? What's that? Is that like pledging a fraternity? Like you go and uh, an open house? <laughs> Beer bomb. I'm sorry, I couldn't help yeah. it. Go ahead. Believe me, you know what's really crazy is that this guy was a career KGB officer, and it was the Soviet Union that collapsed, not his loyalty to communism. Also, Mel, first of all, weren't you the one that told the story about how they, uh, how something about the name changing on the KGB and how it's yeah, the same yes. building? That's true. Well, tell people that. You know, was, I mean, it was a good the example. The KGB became just, yeah. the FSB, and Putin was not the first post-Soviet director of intelligence. But it was so dis, dis you know, uh, it was disintegrating. People were literally bringing truckloads of top-secret documents to the Americans. So when Putin took over as the director of the FSB, I mean, the building, he literally went back to, to Lubyanka prison. The original NKVD KGB headquarters right. resurrected it, including the furnace in the basement that they throw you into if they oh, catch you as a traitor. Right. And he, he but here's the thing about Putin. Right. He reestablished the FSB with all old KGB hands. Hmm. And all the, the only difference was he like quintupled their budget every year. Right. And now they have all the technological prowess of the West. And here's a kicker. Right next door was a um, was a Greek. Uh, I'm sorry, a Russian Orthodox church right. that, of course, had been used for like interrogations and abuse for for over seventy years. This guy renovated it with KGB money, and he right. tied religious orthodoxy to right. loyalty of the right. nation in espionage. He okay. he embraced in the, the sort of populism that the far right here embraced, and by becoming anti-Semitic, anti-gay, pro right. you know church, pro-Russian greatness. These and expansion. are the, those yeah. are the two arms that brought the right wing to the Russians. I mean the 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 preservation of Christianity conferences right. that Franklin right. Graham was leading yeah. over there. He Although became a close massive religious right as well. Yep. Right. And now a word from our sponsors. The holiday season is one time of year we all get to indulge in our favorite traditions and feel like a kid again. No matter what you celebrate, everybody shares in the spirit of giving, whether it's giving gifts to our favorite people or spreading cheer to everybody around you. This year, 
give yourself and the ones you love an opportunity to look as young as the season makes you feel, John, with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. Visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can relax, surrounded by loved ones, knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a round of hot cocos for you and the ones you love. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, fine lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buiplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal at checkout. And now back to our show. The, um, the NRA, as we know, I wrote one of the, the first NRA? pieces in the Daily right. Beast before yeah. Butina was busted. I wrote the first piece, I think, that looked at David Clark yeah. and these guys were going over there and like, David why are Clark's these people- trip to Russia. Right. Look, why these are- Well, you know, all this, Malcolm, this let me just go ahead. To, I mean, one this thing that I was-, was yeah. old school but there's also it's also a bit of a it's a bit of a red herring as well it drives me nuts when i hear and you're right it's the same sort of liberal or whatever they are far left apologists who say alt left all i like you know what's funny i used to call them alt left it used to piss people off but it's a great term um, alt left and people would get pissed people would say oh they're not communist anymore and i'm kind of like so what but you know what I mean? Like, so what if they're not coming? I mean, it's as you say, it's the same damn KGB building. It's the same people running right. the place. So they've changed the name of the restaurant, but they're serving the same food. Like exactly. I but I don't. If they're still in favor of expansion, I mean, if they're still discriminating, but that's what I mean. right? And, they're still and police. Who cares state. what the ideology is? You know, they fake embraced communism before, and now they're right. fake embracing. Well, they're not even fake. Now they're just embracing authoritarianism. But. I just, it's, it, it's, it's such a red herring. It doesn't so matter which bullshit line you're hiding behind. What they're embracing is authoritarianism, yeah. plutocracy. But it's the you bullshit know, and, of our and, side is what I'm saying. It's the bullshit of the extreme left here though, Cliff, that bothers me because- Well, because they say it's they McCarthyism know. and you're just like, what are you what? fucking oh, talking about? Who cares listen, if they're listen. communist? <laughs> they're listen. bad people. The, yeah. the hallmark of this, you know that you've reached your pinnacle. When you get when when you get what I what's commonly known in the urban dictionary as greenwalded, right? That's when Greg Greenwald writes an article about you, Uh-oh. turns that article into a personal attack in order to degrade you yeah. so that everybody goes, Uh-oh. Oh, you're not you're not legitimate. He did that to me. He greenwalled. We're trying to earn we're earning it, we're trying to earn our way. John and I, I know both been We've both been singled out in tweets and called example of of the liberal hypocrisy and evil and you know by Glenn, but I really want to work further so he can turn you into and an Nira, article. You and Nira Tandon are at the top of Glenn's list. Cliff and I are, you know, we're not worth we're, it. We're, we're, we're the B list of, of yeah. Glenn, well, you know, who Glenn hates. Here, I got a, one last thing I got to say about That's that. Right. Look, here's why. I worked at the National Security Agency, right? There were programs I swore my life I would die before I would ever open my mouth about them. Right. And this okay. guy's like, no, screw it. Send it out for the world. Everybody right. needs to know about this. The little old ladies and old guys at NSA are work a thankless job. 
And they are not the man. They are not reading your emails. They don't have time, right? These yeah. people just want to make sure you don't get killed, right? So I appreciate that, like, my leaders. Oh, I'm going to help somebody commit treason. What do you think is going on with Glenn? And uh, you know keep what? It, keep it keep it legal here. As far no, as no, do we do we do you in your <laughs> you know? But 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 this is what Malcolm does, and this is what he did for years: is look at the signs and come to and say, no, I don't have proof, but come to a determination. You're because my well, question has been: is he just a useful idiot, or is your determination? I'll, I'll give you this. Just let Malcolm, he went on a trip over to Moscow with Snowden. And Moscow yeah. Snowden well, had a lot of stuff on him. Would they have not been watching his every move? Because I talked to John, quick, and I'll say quickly, one time when I went for USIA to the State Department and they sent me to Bucharest, you can be sure in that room, in that hotel, I knew that they had those damn cameras on me. And every single thing I did, I was like, I'm going to be you know, purer than Caesar, right? So, so what do well, you think you they know, got? Edward, by the way, Edward Snowden lives in an FSB safe house. His lawyer is an FSB lawyer. He has 24-hour FSB protection, all right? He is essentially a defector. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything about what would motivate Glenn Greenwald, because who knows? The alt-left and the alt-right are essentially right. the same thing. This guy spends more time on Fox News. and But this is the same person who said, MSNBC is working in league with the CIA because Malcolm Nance mistakenly said that Jill Stein had an Art Russia Today television program. I later learned she didn't, but she was on so damn much. <laughs> you made the mistake honestly because she was always on. You should have said yeah, de facto. <laughs> and they're like, you're part of a world that's out as part of the CIA. Why do you hate Russia so much? Yeah, yeah why do you hate Russia so much? Look, if I You damn deep way, stater. No, but that's what's going let me on tell with you, these guys. They're not going to bring yeah. me into this administration, but I've said this very clearly. There needs to be a new Cold War. There is going to be a clash of, of, of civilizations here, of ideologies between oligarchy and democracy. We thought it would have been communism, but now we find that it's a, a rich form of fascism. Right. And what did, what did Mussolini call fascism, right? He called it a dictatorship of the, of the corporate right. Well, here we are. What do you and, mean by, uh, what do you it mean by almost need, took over our nation. What do you mean we need to have a Cold War? What do you mean? I think that there needs to be a strategic confrontation between the ideologies. And that means we have to reestablish all of our allies and make it clear that, first off, I am a big proponent of punishing Russia. Uh, you cannot take a shot at American democracy openly right. by an ex-KGB officer and expect to get away with that. Right. I've been advocating this for the last four years. What does that and look like money. to you? Take How would you punish money? Go around the world and start vacuum cleaning their money up. Look, I worked at the National Security Agency. If given the right go-ahead to the U.S. Treasury, we could just seize money if we wanted to, right? I'd take every illicit dollar. I'd make sure every one of their mega yachts are impounded or seized by SEAL Team 6. Who particularly? And that we you mean, you mean the, but who particularly? The, the leaders or the oligarchs all, supporting Putin? All of or? the Russian oligarchy. I'd okay, seize their assets in well, the Well, the oligarchs States. are the leaders, John. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's so that's incestuous correct. that... Well, but, right, but I, no, but I'm just asking you to explain more. So are you saying that you think the oligarchs would then put pressure on Putin or what do you think would happen? Oh, they I get pissed care. off. As far as so I'm what? concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I just want I want to be paid 
for the pain that they put this nation through, attempting right, but, to smash but 244 I mean. years of democracy. Yeah. Putin does not allow them to exist, all right, without right. his go-ahead. He has right. staff on all of their staffs. He has ex-FSB and KGB officers on all of their staffs. They are the ecosystem in which Russia's, you know, richest people stay rich. There's a way around that, right? And I'm not joking about seizing all of their mega yachts. But what is the, yeah. I guess I'm asking you though, what is the practical impact? I was devil's advocating because I don't think the ah, oligarchs The practical impact is that we but... will we'll show the world that you come and take a shot at us, right. there's going to be hard right. financial problems. I mean, you know- Will it teach the Russians that lesson too? I mean, is there any chance of doing this, of them going once burned, twice shy? They go, okay, you Look, know, next time. Well, well, the oligarchs well, won't want it to happen again. No, the oligarchs won't want it to happen again, but you know, they're the people who are going to have to go to Putin and say, hey, the Americans just stole $30 billion from me, or my boat just got seized in Marseille. But, what's that? Will they go to Putin and say that? I thought they'd be afraid of him. They, well, you know what? When you get every rich person in Russia starts losing their money. This is the whole reason why yeah. Donald Trump is president. He's a guy who could be bought. He's a guy who would allow them to play in the world and sanctions be day. Look, I was on an, an intelligence operation or supported an intelligence operation in which a terrorist was bought onto a yacht uh, off of Cyprus, right. right? Little did he know we had seized that yacht. And the moment he stepped onto it, he was actually on a commissioned U.S. Navy warship. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but those, you know, the women with no tops on who were DEA officers. <laughs> oh, God. They, you know, this guy didn't know he had screwed up right. until literally he was being winched onto a U.S. helicopter, landed onto a U.S. aircraft carrier, then flown nonstop to, to Andrews Air Force Base. Right. That's the way we are going to have to play with the people that funded this attack on the United States. Granted, Joe Biden won't want to do that. Uh, it would take something precipitating for the United States to really go after him. But if somebody were to call me in and ask my opinion, I'd say this thing needs to go. We need to go back to 1962 with Russia. We need to start confronting them everywhere. Well, the no matter what we do. Angola, Right. What's I mean, that? look, I said, whatever we decide to do, you know, this is pretty simple stuff, right? This is going back to like on crime and punishment kind of stuff, which is if there is not, if the reaction to somebody committing an act like that is, you know, it can't be immediate at this point, but if it's not, it can't be swift, but it can be certain and it can be severe still of those well, three you know, S's, you know, like, like we got to do something or, or what's, why would they not do it again? If we well, just, you know, Hillary, Hillary Clinton said in the run-up to the election uh, in 2016 that she would consider uh, Russia's act of cyber, you know, operations as an act of terrorism, right. on par with a major act of terrorism. Right. And of course, a lot of people will say, "Well, you've got to get a legal basis for this." Russian oligarchs buy American lawyers by the gross now, okay? And they understand yep. you want to screw with the United States, go into the courts. Right? right. I would do what I would do is I would work with Congress if we got a Democratic Senate, and I would do what the British did, which is sort of this global Magnitsky Act, <clears throat> and where you can your unexplained wealth is seizable. It's as simple as that. You come into the United States, we're going to audit the heck out of you if you're tied yeah. to global, you know, oligarchs and money that came from the liquidation of the Soviet Union, then the United States government is going to own itself 4,000 apartments in New York City. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented Podcast. To hear the rest of the show, 
and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode. And now a word from our sponsors. The holiday season is one time of year we all get to indulge in our favorite traditions and feel like a kid again. No matter what you celebrate, everybody shares in the spirit of giving, whether it's giving gifts to our favorite people or spreading cheer to everybody around you. This year, give yourself and the ones you love an opportunity to look as young as the season makes you feel, John, with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. Visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can relax, surrounded by loved ones, knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a round of hot cocos for you and the ones you love. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, fine lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buiplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal at checkout.